Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I've gotten so used to saying that. Sam and Tom. Hello, yes, Sam. Sir. Hello, Tom. Hello. Sounds great when you say it, too. I know, but it's like, I wake up in the morning and go, good morning. You know, but it's like, but but within a second morning, or two, it's like, Bess. greetings welcome and welcome. She's like, you're not on the show. Is, is it weird that when you said salmon, Tom, the thing that came to mind was Tom in the form of a salmon? No, it didn't. And that's what, that's why you don't get paid the big bucks, because I didn't really understand that, but that's okay. Because I, just, I saw him hopping over the current, you know, trying to... He, he is always fighting against the current. That's true about Sam. And you know what? His know. hair your never brain, gets... Man. I don't know where your brain is. His man. hair never gets messed up. Have you noticed stuff that? right there. Sam, has, his hair never gets messed up. No matter what. And when he's swimming upstream, he is not... It's whatever. You know what? So we, we are... Don't have nice hair. Let's uh, just go ahead and say some more hallelujahs and hallelujahs and all that. And he has risen because Easter is here. That part's beautiful. I get, I get like you know when I don't get to say Alleluia oh, in, yeah. our, in our liturgies, in our church, and in, in what in our experience in the Lenten experience, it sure is nice to be able to say it. It really is. You know mm-hmm. when you when you you know a good Catholic will always say they'll lean in they'll go like I think he said the A word. You know as if it's like some kind of uh, sinful uh, thing to say. But the reality is there's a reason why the church says well, we're not going to say Alleluia. Uh, and what's so beautiful is the second Sunday of Easter mm-hmm. is Divine Mercy. So it's like the fun never stops. And so we, we, we should talk a little bit about Divine Mercy um, and what Divine Mercy is and where this came from and why. But then maybe from a global perspective, why do we need to be concerned about Divine Mercy? Does that sound fair enough? Absolutely. That sounds fair to me. Okay, good. Well, no, it's my understanding that Pope John Paul II, or I'm sorry, Pope Saint John Paul the Great, uh, yeah, that he said at one point that the Divine Mercy devotion would be the most important devotion of the third millennium. Well, you know what? Um, he is a, a saintly guy, certainly uh, a lot more saintly than me. Uh, and I'll tell you what: of all, you know, he he said a lot of things in his time here on Earth, uh, and uh, we need to listen to him. Yeah, even though he didn't have hair like Tom's, he's, no. he had a lot of other positive attributes. Yeah, very, very, very worthy positive. of veneration. And he was a big, he was a big huh. uh, follower uh, of uh, Sister uh, Kowalska, right? Of mm. Sister Faustina Kowalska, who is Saint Faustina. In fact, he elevated her to sainthood, uh, and she was a uneducated Polish nun, mm. right? So this sort of backwater nun had these experiences. Uh, and then wrote this diary, and uh, this diary has, has uh, she died in the 1930s, and there became a devotion quickly to what she was writing in the diocese, di- diocese in the diary. And you know, she was using phrases like "oceans of mercy," mm. "fathomless love," "fathomless mercy," and it's like, you know, the, the, while it was just a unique way of hearing and understanding God's mercy, right? And and a very simple. Um, presentation of divine mercy and and quickly gained a lot of uh, steam in terms of uh, a following mm-hmm. right and and Pope John Paul II was just 
I mean, he 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 loved. I mean, from native Poland and had a connection uh, to her, and and so yeah. So if he says this is the most important devotion, I guess what we want to endeavor to answer on this program really is why. Mm. You know why why do we need to be concerned with God's mercy? And that sounds like a uh, like a softball easy topic. You know, uh, it's like hey, God is love. You know, it's like that's nice. Show done. Right, God is merciful. That's nice. Show done. But the reality is, it's not as easy as we think because I think a lot of people struggle in this area. You guys sense that? Absolutely. Well, if you think about it, in the Divine Mercy Chaplet, it says, Eternal Father, we offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And then we're praying for the whole world for the sake of a sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. And so it's one thing where I think that many people in the, who are walking the, the, the Christian walk are accustomed perhaps to seeking mercy for themselves. But to really extend that prayer for mercy to the whole world, that really challenges us to live out the call that Christ gave us, which is to love our neighbor as ourselves Mm -hmm. because in praying for mercy on the whole world it includes everyone including that guy that just cut me off in traffic (laughs) you do drive slowly though you're you're a terrible driver (laughs) sam so whoever he is i think he's a saint but no you're right and i think a lot of times we see we 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 turn everything inward to us and and we uh, i don't want to say everyone's selfish by nature you know but i but i think all of us have sort of an inborn self fullness right we're mm. we're thinking about ourselves like you know what have you done for me lately what am i getting out of this deal what's my cut what's my take what do i get you know that's not fair we think that way and so it could be a, a challenge to be thinking about the mercy of everyone else um you know and and i and i know that but that doesn't stop god's mercy Mm-mm. right so no matter how merciful god is uh or how bad your sin is there's mercy for that, and that's what's important, and that, and that's why I think it's important that when we when we pray, like when you're doing the Divine Mercy Chaplet, you know, for the sake of His sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world, right? When when we say and on the whole world, I, I think that's supposed to be a reminder to all of us that He has enough mercy for the entire world, mm-hmm. and not just and not just the the whole world that happens to be living at that moment, but like the entire world that has ever existed. The entire world that exists and the entire world that will ever exist. Uh, and that's why I think it's important that, you know, um, that St. Faustina would, would use phrases like an ocean of mercy. I mean, when we look out at the ocean, how many of you, Tom does this every year, he goes down to the beach mm-hmm. and he stands there with his adult beverage, mm-hmm. you know, staring off into the sunset at the, uh, at the vastness of the ocean. And he'll say something like, if we could just harness all that power, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and or he'll look down at the, the grains of sand that have gotten caught between his I toes. He was in my head. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've done the same thing. We all do that when we're, we're, we're we, we see like that one grain of sand in all of the grains of sand. And we start trying to do a little math in our heads and quickly, you know. It's time for another adult beverage because we can't we can't count that high, right? And so it's so it's so neat to have that experience. And when Saint Faustina says that that he has oceans of mercy, and and the reality is we haven't even charted all of the the, the oceans. We don't know how much water there is. We don't know to the depths 
that the ocean, you know, how many fathoms down it goes. It's fathomless, right? And we just, we have no clue. We just know it's so much that we can't even count it. It doesn't, it doesn't even compute. And if we say, if, if, if we hear St. Faustina saying, that's his mercy, it's like, that's a lot of mercy. Well, I heard a, a speaker once say that if you sit and you think about all the sins of the whole world, including, you know, the, the, the Holocaust and all the atrocities committed by the Nazis and every, every source of genocide, every single thing that we've ever faced in our life, everything that we've ever done in our life, uh, just anything that comes to mind in terms of sin, uh, if you were to put it all in a big ball and bunch it up in a big ball and throw it into the ocean of God's mercy, that it wouldn't even make a ripple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and see, again, that's a hard thing for us to compute. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that actually can be a little difficult for us um, because then we start thinking that maybe he can't uh, forgive us for whatever we've done. And we'll talk about that more, but I, I do want to... I want to like sort of go down this path before we go any further is to really sort of reiterate just how simple this meth- message of divine mercy is, mm-hmm. right? And I, and, and I, I would start by saying, you know, that St. Faustina Kowalska did not like invent the devotion to God's divine mercy. I mean, us understanding that God is merciful, I mean, he has revealed himself as mercy, mm. right? And so um, we, we should start by saying that mercy is divine, Right in the same way that if if God is love, then all love flows from God. Right, He is the source of all love, um, and so that's why it's important that we understand what kind of love is good love, and you know, is there such you know, and so it's like that 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 love comes from God, and so love should like lead us to God. Well, in the same way, if God is all merciful, right, then then. Then mercy is divine. Mercy is uh, from a divine source. That there's, you know, it all flows from him. Exactly. And so, even though I might, you know, you might say that, you know, Tom Dorian is a merciful person. The source of that mercy is not Tom Dorian, right? Right. You'd be the first to admit that it's it's like you want to be a conduit from that. And in that, the reality is all essentially this devotion of divine mercy um, helps us to understand is that that basically. God is uh, God loves all of us, right? He loves us. He loves all of us. He loves everybody, right? And in His mercy is greater than anything that we can uh, do to try and destroy it. We any sin we can commit, any infraction of any kind, no matter how big. Mm-hmm. So God loves us, basically, no matter what. And there's a flow of love that comes out of Him, and that is mercy for all of us. That's that's oceans wide and fathoms deep beyond our 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 computations or right? our potential for even understanding that and it's greater than anything that we could ever imagine and it extends even to those who who chew ice cubes really loudly oh no 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 no, no. that's a whole other show but no i don't think god has any mercy for people who chew ice that's a joke that's like it's a pet peeve um you know but i, I just i think it's interesting uh that sometimes people get caught up in this thing uh, about about mercy but i will tell you that if we understand just the very simple concept that god loves us Right, and we allow ourselves to be loved, as in being called beloved, but to be loved, um, that changes everything, right? And that so God loves us, and no matter what we do, He's got more mercy than we would ever need, 
to have us reconciled to him. So if we understand that simple concept, then I think then we can start to look at, at divine mercy and then start to realize and maybe see where there are difficulties, mm-hmm. where people might have difficulties uh, in receiving that mercy. And guess what? Before we can even go there, we have to take a break. We, awesome. Yeah. So we're going to do that. But before we do take a break, I want to remind folks at home that we've got a great website. It is great. Yeah. Thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd uh, love for you to send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And also follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and share our posts, and comment, and like our posts. It does make a difference. It does. And also, when you do that, God's divine mercy pours into you, I think. <laughs> well, 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 we'll talk about that next time, <laughs> right after this. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. The teaching on the role, purpose, and value of the office of priest has been constant in the Church for its nearly 2,000-year existence. The priest, even more than being simply defined by his sacramental functionality, acts in the person of Christ and calls each of us to offer ourselves fully in union with the one sacrifice of Christ. While many may think that the priesthood is a modern invention of the Catholic Church, it most assuredly is not. The writings of the early Church Fathers, those first Christians who were instrumental in protecting, nurturing, and spreading the one true faith, bear this out. St. Ignatius of Antioch, an early bishop and martyr, wrote around 110 AD about the distinct threefold ministry of the Church. He said, Let everyone respect the deacons as they would respect Jesus Christ, and just as they respect the bishop as a type of father and the presbyters, or priest, as the council of God and college of apostles. Without these, it cannot be called a church. St. Cyprian of Carthage in 250 AD had this to say about the priesthood. For if Jesus Christ our Lord and God is himself the chief priest of God the Father and has first offered himself as a sacrifice to the Father and has commanded this to be done in commemoration of himself, certainly the priest truly discharges the office of Christ, who imitates that which Christ did. In his great work on the priesthood, written in the 4th century, St. John Chrysostom wrote, What priests do here below, God ratifies above, and the Master confirms the sentence of his servants. Then, just a few years later, St. Ambrose, when teaching on the authority of priests to hear confessions, tells us, It seemed likewise impossible for sins to be forgiven through penance, yet Christ granted even this to his apostles, and by his apostles it has been transmitted to the office of priests. Finally, St. Augustine, when explaining why he clung to the Catholic faith, said, The succession of priests, from the very see of the apostle Peter, to whom our Lord, after his resurrection, gave the charge of feeding his sheep, up to the present episcopate, keeps me here. These are but a few of the many, many quotes from the early fathers which reveal that the ministry of the priesthood was, is, and always will be an awesome gift of Christ to His Church. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian and with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes. And we are talking about Divine Mercy. It's Divine Mercy Sunday. It's that weekend, second Sunday of Easter. And I love this uh, feast. Um, you know, and uh, Pope St. John Paul II may, turned this into a feast day. Mm-hmm. And w- what's interesting is the, the connection that um, he actually, when he, when he drew his last breath, he died on the that year. It was the the vigil of Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So it was a Saturday night, the vigil of yeah. um, of Divine Mercy. So you can say he lived and died in Divine Mercy. It's just beautiful to kind it of is. see to see that. And, uh, and you know, and there's uh, there's something about Divine Mercy. I think that is maybe. When we're feeling good about ourselves and feeling good about things, we want to just go ahead and say how wonderful everything is and how it's great to have a loving God. My God is an awesome God, you know, and we sing all the happy songs and raise our hands up and uh, whatever. And But then when things get bad, sometimes it's like we can we can turn inward again and we can just not believe that God could solve my problem, my issue, mm. my sin. Um, and, I, and I think... That's a lot bigger problem than I think people recognize, right? And it actually might keep a, like keep people away from like the confessional for years, mm-hmm. right? There'll be years; they'll go years without without going to confession, and um, and and you know you don't know if there's a theological reason for that. If you were to ask them, maybe they fell out of a habit or something. But the reality is, I think some of those wounds that people have that they will carry that kind of baggage just gets heavy and heavy and heavy, and and they just. They can no longer bear it, and it gets really serious. And I think, I mean, where does that come from, Sam? I mean, it's like you know, do you, do you think that, why do you think people have a difficulty feeling forgiven? Well, I think a lot of times it comes from a place that they they might be so angry with themselves and may not forgive themselves, mm-hmm. and may not really be in touch with the fact that God's plan is to work through broken vessels by grace. And that he wants to transform us, but it requires our cooperation. And if we're sitting there, you know, standing in his judgment seat saying, oh, no, no, no. I know you think that I'm lovable and, you know, someone that you want to call to yourself, but not me. I'm a bad guy. Trust me, God. I know better than you. You know, we're out of we're, we're out of touch sometimes with the fact that our ego is getting in the way and our anger at ourself is getting in the, getting in the way of our willingness to receive the grace. And it's our openness and willingness to receive the grace that allows the grace to begin its work in our lives. Hmm. You talked yeah. about, you talked about cooperation, but also uh, our willingness, really all they have to do is turn, you know, mm. the readings before Palm Sunday were about the prodigal son. Right. And also the, the girl, the lady caught in adultery and all they did was turn. They didn't. They didn't do anything other than just turn. Right. Jesus did the heavy lifting. Right. Exactly. Right. The 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 father of the prodigal son. Yeah. And then certainly turn. Jesus. Just making a turn. That's hard though, because that turn, uh, you know, for some people is is uh, a recognition that they can't do it on their own. It's a recognition, and then maybe it's a uh, just a, you know a, a, a hatred of self, uh, an unworthiness. Right, and it's it's good for all of us to be humble. It's good for all of us to realize that you know that we've fallen short, right, of the glory of God. That we that we have, we're all sinners. But the problem is when we start to beat ourselves up to the point where we beat ourselves 
basically into the point of we can't recognize ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a serious beating that we're taking. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think my, I, I don't know the answer specifically as to why people have a difficulty, you know, seeking God's forgiveness sometimes. But I do think that one of the beautiful things about like the divine mercy devotion, specifically St. Faustina's, um, uh, her sort of mystic experiences and, and, and her diary and what she, what she envisioned, she had this, this picture of Jesus with the uh, the rays coming out of his heart, mm-hmm. right? The red and the white, and and you know, it was interesting when she when that the, they they got an artist while she was alive to to paint that picture, uh, the famous one. We we've all seen it in all the churches, where at the bottom it says Jesus, I trust in you, mm-hmm. and in all the different languages. But the thing is, I don't know if people a lot of people know this, but the first version was rejected by her. It looks nothing like him hmm. right so she had this distinct vision of who this merciful loving god was it was so precise and so i guess the second one passed muster i, I don't know but hmm. but what i do know is that the key to to me like when i see that i always wondered when i first heard about this devotion is like why does it say that on the bottom Jesus, I trust in you. And I think that speaks to the heart of the people that ultimately just don't trust God, that, that God can forgive their sins. Mm. Right? We all know the story of what Jesus tells us in Scripture is the unpardonable sin. Right. Right? To blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. And everyone's going like, what's the, what's the deal with that? You know, that there is a sin that's unpardonable, but ultimately what that sin is, what our church teaches us, what the church fathers have taught us about that unpardonable sin is ultimately giving up on God and saying that even the Holy Spirit, even God cannot forgive what I've done. Right? To be able to say that God is powerless to overcome that. Mm-hmm. And so what it requires, I think, is some semblance of trust. Jesus, I'm just going to trust you. I, I just am going to give myself over sure and trust enough. you. I'm a, so, Tom, you're exactly right. It's just a turn. But when you turn... You're surrendering. You've got to trust, right? You've got to surrender right. and say, you know what? I'm going to let you do the heavy lifting. I think they're looking at it in terms of human mercy. They're comparing it to human mercy, and there is no comparison versus divine mercy. Oh, you're exactly right. And I think that's the, one of the problems is people try to put the human attributes on God's... Mm-hmm. Right, because we, we can't, can't like, do it. We we can't understand and contemplate fully right. an ocean of mercy. Right. We just we can't. Um, and so when we try to quantify things in ways that we would understand, it's like a really big stack of candy bars. You know, it's right. like you know, but you can you're still quantifying. Right. Um, it's but so it's beyond our ability, and so that's where we have to trust. Right. We have to trust in eternity. And yet we don't live in eternity on this earth, but you have to trust in eternity. That ain't, that ain't easy. No. But that's why um, that we're going to have to sort of like let it go, right? Just let, just, just let go and let God uh, fall into his arms. Um, stop trying to fix it ourselves to, to be the, um, the source of the, of the fixing and just let God do that. Yeah. You know, and everything that I had listed uh, in terms of having difficulty receiving God's mercy, that's stuff that I've struggled with myself. I struggled with scrupulosity for a very long time, and, and I think God's finally brought me through that mm-hmm. season of life, but it's still something I have to be watchful of because I can easily fall into it. And I had many priests, you know, say to me during the, the confessional, hey, do you think 
that if you were to treat somebody else the way that you're treating yourself and beating yourself up, do you think that God would want you to treat other people like that? Why do you think God wants you to treat yourself like that? Right. You know, try to be a little bit more gentle with yourself, mm-hmm. which didn't compute right. you know, for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 required, uh, yeah, it required hearing that message over and over and over again in the confessional, really. And that's, and that's probably a hard thing to do. And we should mention that scrupulosity is something that uh, many people suffer with and, and actually can... It can be a little bit of a diagnosis, right? There's there can be sometimes some some difficulty in in processing uh, these things, and so uh, not that confession is supposed to be a therapy session, but the reality is, um, you know, that's a path. It's a difficult path to navigate, but we can sometimes fall into that trap that leads to scrupulosity if we don't trust in God, mm-hmm. right? That to avoid that is to know that, like, look, all all I know is Jesus has got this. I don't know how He's got it. I don't understand. What he what and I don't even know what's going to happen. All I know is I don't have to worry about it anymore mm-hmm. because I've given it over. I've laid it at his feet, you know, at, at the, the cross in confession. I just I've put it there, and and that's why I love some of the priests that just let you know that one's done. That one's done. That's gone. It's like it's out of here. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that anymore, mm-hmm. right? And so, Divine Mercy Sunday is such a wonderful opportunity for all of us just to sort of revisit. God's mercy. And and this is why Pope St. John Paul II made this a feast day for the universal church that, that we all need to celebrate. Now, what is the great thing about the, the resurrection? Why is Easter so powerful and so wonderful? Yeah, Jesus reconciled us. Jesus overcame death. He overcame all sin for all eternity. We just need to get with the program. Mm-hmm. And so the second Sunday of Easter is that day to recognize that he did it in mercy for us. Right. How beautiful that is. And this links up also to the universal call for holiness, which was something that Pope John Paul believed in very strongly. And there's a quote that comes to mind, become who you are. And I used to, one of the reasons I was beating myself up was I saw these different things, people that seemed holy. And I was like, oh, that's not me. I can't do that. I can't do that. I was comparing. And what God put on my heart is he is going to express himself in a unique, in a way that's unique to each of us in accordance with his own timing. Mm -hmm. But we have to be patient with that process and understand that that call to holiness is truly universal. That's beautiful. So this is your opportunity, Divine Mercy Sunday. Receive God's mercy, his ocean of mercy. Mercy is divine, and it's beautiful. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.